So I'm Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. It's an honor and privilege to be able to talk about our friend Amy today. And one of the pieces I want to start out with is this beautiful quote from Mother Teresa. What Mother Teresa said, we will have peace when we remember this. We remember we belong to each other. So Beth, I'm just going to ask you to stand up for a quick second here. I just want you to see all your friends here for a minute. And just all the people who are here, you know, support you at this time. Today's service, we'll start with a reading, then I'll offer some remarks, then we'll have a few words from a dear friend, and then we will end with a family blessing. The first reading is from Revelation 21. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. In the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff take comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And meditations before Kadesh. When I die, give what's left of me away to children and older people that wait to die. And if you need to cry, cry for your brother and sister walking the street beside you. And when you need me, put your arms around me and give them what you need to give me. I want to leave you something something better than words or sounds. Look for me in the people that I have known and the people I have loved. For if you cannot give me away, at least give me life in your eyes and not only in your mind. You can love me best. You can love me best by letting hands touch hands and by letting go of children that need to be free. Love never dies. People do. So when all that's left of me is love, give me away in our memorial address. Amy's beautiful life began August 22nd, 1986, joining her parents and her beloved brother, Brian. They moved from Horsham to Percocy to Bedminster, where she worked through school, track, soccer, drums in the band, graduating from Penridge High School with honors in 2004. And Brian said with a little bit of jealousy, she was above a 4.0 when she, when she graduated. And from there, she went on to college. She started out at Maryland Institute College of Art and finished at University of Wilmington in Delaware with a Bachelor of Science in Film and Television Production. And that's just the surface, just the surface. With talking with people, the part that came across again and again beyond just the biography was this. Amy had a big she had a big heart. Of course, life had its challenges. We're not going to skirt around this. Life had its challenges, and this was clearly someone with a big heart. And where did that heart, where was that heart seen? Well, we can see that heart first extended to family and friends. First to family, protective of brother Brian. The comment was made that, that she would allow him to sleep with her when he was a toddler and afraid of the night close to her grandparents. A recipe for fun was mom, mom and pop pops plus a pool plus cousins and holidays. Family vacations to Wildwood, 
Dorney Park and carnivals. And it was obvious as well with these family holidays that Christmas, that Christmas was especially near and dear to our heart. Christmas traditions that included pizza and then a movie and then Christmas lights on Christmas Eve. And she was someone, and I love this word, right? Some people just see the world when they're at their best, they see the world enchanted. They see the world enchanted. And it's sort of an artist's way of seeing the world. Beth made the comment that we never told her there was not a Santa Claus. She later said she suspected there wasn't, but never said anything because she so much wanted there to be. And cards and gifts, cards and gifts. She loved giving cards and gifts. We brought this one just to give you, this is one of her ones from way back. Beautiful little card to her dad who's joining us online today. Little happy Easter. The big heart then went out to friends and one that deserves special attention and special note is James. James noted this. Most of all, Amy helped everyone who was lucky enough to meet her countless times. She did everything she could for the people she loved, including and especially me. Many people found their way in this world because of her great big heart. And that heart goes out, goes out to clearly to her passion. And the primary passion clearly was art. And I love that idea of, of, of how lucky she was to have found that passion. And that passion, the word vocation, the word vocation means call, like vocal. And she clearly saw art as her vocation, as her call, as her call in life. And you just look at how beautiful that piece of artwork is. And she knew many ways of doing art, from photography to movies, including a documentary on diabetes, to painting and drawing, including as well over her career working with comedian Phil Hartman. And there's even a picture up there with her hanging out with Henry Winkler, the Fonz himself. And we know as well, and this happens a lot, people with big hearts often struggle. People with big hearts often struggle. And Amy did have some struggles. When she was 10 and a half, she developed type 1 diabetes. That changed her life and the lives of those around her. And she really worked hard, and this is the key word, she really worked hard through that diagnosis. She really worked hard through that diagnosis, keeping up music, sports, friendships, jobs, and school dances. She also struggled with depression and anxiety. And again, that is something big-hearted people do struggle with. Big-hearted people can overanalyze. They're deeply sensitive, deeply compassionate. And that at times can be challenging, especially when we want the world to have a perfection that the world just never seems to quite yield. I think about these beautiful words, and I'd ask us to listen to these very carefully because I think, I think these words so much get to what it is to be human, what it is the experience we share, what Amy's life was like, and how we can all sort of come to a place where we can breathe and hear and feel community. And those are these famous words from 1 Corinthians 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. He's talking about heaven. Now I know in part then I shall be fully known, even as I am fully known. I want to speak to that just for a minute. 
sometimes in this life, we have such a hard time seeing. Sometimes we only see dimly as in a mirror. I think we all know that. And sometimes the hardest thing is that those words we most need to hear, the way we most need to be seen, despite the greatest efforts of our loved ones, we just aren't able to receive. I think that's what Paul is talking about here. And sometimes we just see dimly. We don't see the world as it really is, as beautiful as it really is and can be. And then he goes on to say that we know and then we shall be fully known. And I love that idea that that's what heaven is. Heaven is waking up to a place where we are fully seen. Just think about that for a second. A place where we're fully seen. And because we're fully seen, we're fully known. Known for who we are. Known for our very best self. Because that's how heaven works. The way heaven works is this. God takes the very best intentions of our heart. And Amy was filled. Takes the very best intentions of our heart. And grows those, not just for one year or two years or for a summer, but grows those through all eternity. Because that in the end is who we really are. And that is the way we come more and more to be seen. Be seen and to be fully known. And what is it that we find in heaven? We find our place. We find our purpose, our unique use that we can perform. And we find eventually our people as well. And with that last one, what I do know as a pastor is not mine. But I do know you will see her. I do know that. And we can think now and just take a big breath. That she's free. That she's free. That deep freedom of heaven. And some of it we can laugh at the joys. One of the ones that brought a smile to me was Amy loved crane games. Those crane games you can play in arcades. And there's things like that that no doubt we get to enjoy in heaven. As well as a deep joy. A joy that is so far beyond anything we can possibly describe. Thanks to why Jesus, again and again, he says, like, I'm here to bring joy. And and not just joy, but the very fullness of joy. Like, that's the promise. That's the hope. And that, I believe, in the end, is not just the hope. I believe it is our destiny. Despite the darkness and the challenges of days like today. I want to say on behalf of everyone here in the family, that the greatest gift all of you offered was that she knew love. She knew what it was to be loved, and that is a beautiful thing indeed. And there are 11 words at times like this, which I shared with the family, for just all to think about. Very simple words that help us to pull life to a close on this side, and open life in a new way as we move forward into heaven. And those are these 11 words. Please forgive me. I forgive you. Thank you. In the last three words, the most important, I love you. Amen. And we'll now have some words from James. I was usually the opener uh, when I used to do stand-up, never the closer, so that's going to be a hard one. Um, First of all, thank you all for coming. Um, I don't have anything written down. 
uh, I figured I would do this one from the heart. But I've been thinking about what I'd say for over a month now. And uh, it's been boiling in there. Uh, what I would say on her behalf to all of you. So uh, I'll make this succinct. I'm going to tell you what I think she wanted. I'm going to tell you how she felt about you as best I can. And uh, I'm going to tell you what I want for her. Hey, Butch, by the way, um, long time no see him. So, um, Amy did have a big part. That's the uh, that's the part of the card I think I contributed to. Um, diabetes and fibromyalgia are terrible diseases. They have no cure. A lot of people ask me, um, what could I have done? Or what could have been done unless you have a, a cure for diabetes? I don't really know because I didn't. And I tried, and, and we tried for so many years. But through that, she did have a really big heart, and she had an incredible spirit, a really incredible spirit. When, uh, when I didn't even have a solution for our problems, she would step in. She always came out of nowhere with something. And... Um, I think she's still here with us. Give me that right now. So, um, she loved all of you. She would really be happy to see you here right now. She'd be amazed, honestly. Um, best she loved you. She wanted you to be happy. Um, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Walter, she loved you too. So much. She really, really did. <laughs> There's uh, so many cards she wanted to give you if she could. <laughs> Just really know that. That she loved you. <laughs> wanted to be with you and be by you. Uh, Brian. She loved you too, man. Every time she got an email from you, she was over the moon. She was so happy, you know. And she thought about you all the time. And uh, but she was proud of you for working so hard and fighting so hard. And she loves you too. She knew. She really, really wanted you to know that she loved you. So, what I want is uh, two things. 
Uh, I want you all to know that she loves you. I can't say that enough. I know I've repeated myself. There's another thing. Amy did love crane machines, actually. Um, 15 years ago, we were looking for an apartment in Quakertown. And uh, the landlord rejected us. And uh, it was so she could keep going to Montgomery Community College. And um, we didn't have any ideas. Remember, I told you a second ago, well, uh, you know, I was out of ideas after this. I'm, I'm looking through a newspaper. We're sitting in a diner in Quakertown. And she gets up to go to the bathroom. She comes back with a stuffed leopard. About a foot tall. Got a huge head, big eyes, really short body. And uh, she, she puts it in my lap and says, here, he looks sad, just like you. <laughs> Wouldn't you know what I brought that leopard with me today and left it in the cart? <laughs> I always kept him. Uh, I had to do a lot of odd jobs uh, the early years we were living together. I still had to, to be honest, up to a month ago. And uh, I brought that leopard with me a lot because it let me know that she loved me and that uh, I had her to come back to. And uh, as, uh, as we got older and as the years went on, I kept having to do more and more work. And uh, I got a job at a newspaper down in Delaware County delivering. And I would be gone from like one in the morning to five or six in the morning every single night, seven days a week for two years. And she started to get lonely. So she offered to come with me and help me do the paper. Yeah. <laughs> and we would do the paper every morning for like the last eight months before we went to Los Angeles. And we'd end up at uh, this IHOP in Delaware on the way back to our place every day. <laughs> And that was the time I loved the most spending with her. And that was the time she loved the most, too, because she loved being around people. And she loved adventure. So uh, my last request here today on her behalf for all of you, take her with you when you leave here, be it tonight, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now. Whatever you decide to do, have fun, live life, enjoy life. And know she's there with you. She's so happy that you're happy too. <laughs> Goodbye, Amy. I'll see you again sometime.